Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome back. It's time for another episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America. And people, last episode, I introduced Director General of the World Health Organization, Tedros, to you people. And with regard to the recent alleged massive spread of the Delta variant. Ooh, the Delta variant. Your Director General of the World Health Organization, Mr. Tedros, has a message for you. Not only my fellow Americans, but my fellow world inhabitants. (laughs) Here we go. Here's a message from your boy, Director General Tedros. I want to be straight with you. There will be no return to the old normal for the foreseeable future. I repeat, there will be no return to the old normal for the foreseeable future. Let me be blunt. Too many countries are headed in the wrong direction. The virus remains public enemy number one. But the actions of many governments and people do not reflect of this. The only aim of the virus is to find people to infect. Mixed messages from leaders are undermining the most critical ingredient of any response. Trust. If governments do not clearly communicate with their citizens and roll out a comprehensive strategy focused on suppressing transmission and saving lives, if populations do not follow the basic public health principles of physical distancing, hand washing, wearing masks, coughing a ticket, and staying at home when sick. If the basics aren't followed, there is only one way this pandemic is going to go. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. It's gonna get worse and worse and worse, people. Yeah, that's Director General Tedros of the World Health Organization telling you people we're not going back to normal. We're not going back to normal. It's all part of the plan, people. This is going to be how they roll out world government. They're going to control medicine and pharmaceuticals. This guy, Tedros, wants to move towards some type of uh, world, um, uh, you know, universal health care access. Everyone needs to have access to universal health care. Big 
lofty utopian goal. Maybe it's possible. Who knows? But, you know, is it going to be all good or all bad? Is it going to be partly good or bad? Is the plan going to really benefit everybody in the world? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But people, this pandemic ain't going away. They're going to keep moving the goalposts. Nobody's going to know what's going on. And eventually everybody's just going to start complying. They're going to just start falling in line because nobody knows the correct enemy and who's good, who's bad. Remember when I played that clip from the Tim Pool show, the guy that said that his wife was from the Soviet Union and the whole goal was to cancel your own mind and not to have opinions because it was the only way to be safe so that you didn't take the wrong side and you weren't publicly ostracized for your beliefs. I feel like I'm living in a bizarro world. Today, people, um, I'm just going to start, I'm just going to play an assortment of clips that uh, are just continuing uh, previous stories uh, that I've been bringing up to you, different uh, topics uh, that I've been talking about on this podcast, just to illustrate to you people, (laughs) it's getting nutty out there. I feel like I'm living in a bizarro world. So... Take a listen to this. So first, yeah, I played you Tedros. Tedros saying we're not going back to normal, okay? So get it through your heads. We're not going back to normal. This pandemic ain't going away. Masks are going to come and go. The alleged death count numbers are going to go up and down. They're going to keep moving the goalposts. Nobody's going to know what's going on. This is this is end stage communist world government takeover. Subversion. We're almost there. We're almost a checkmate. Uh, Here we go. Here's our beloved president of the United States, Joe Biden. And I love this clip. This is a video of him uh, years ago talking about the crack epidemic, the crack cocaine epidemic, rather. Uh, Him and Strom Thurmond, who was allegedly a bit of a racist. (laughs) These guys got together and made laws uh, about... You know, civil asset forfeiture stomping in your door, not having any sympathy for you. When it was, you know, the the intelligence community that flooded the streets with crack cocaine. Your boy Joe Biden passing laws. The crime bill. The most authoritarian police state kicking your door. No due process policies that have adversely affected the African-American community. And some of you people put this guy in office. It is hilarious and unbelievably sad simultaneously that you people, some of you are just so controlled, so manipulated, so brainwashed. You just don't even understand what you're voting for and who these people are that paint you these pretty pictures and just keep the status quo and keep the ruling elites in place generation after generation after generation. Here's your boy, Joe Biden, talking about crack cocaine and what we should do to people who get in trouble for drugs 
And I love this video because this, you're not going to be able to see it, but if you look it up online, you'll see that there, it's a side-by-side, -side, this video. And all you're hearing is Joe Biden talking about the crack cocaine uh, uh, problem and how to fix it, uh, I think, on the Senate floor. Simultaneously, his son is in a video next to him, and he is actually smoking crack cocaine while you're watching and listening to his dad talk about crack cocaine and what we should do to people that smoke crack cocaine. People, I feel like I'm living in bizarro world. Take a listen to this and just picture you watching a video of Hunter Biden literally smoking crack cocaine while you're listening to his dad give this speech. Here we go. If you have a piece of crack cocaine no bigger than this quarter that I'm holding in my hand, one quarter of one dollar, we passed a law through the leadership of Senator Thurman and myself and others, a law that says if you're caught with that, you go to jail for five years. You get no probation. You get nothing other than five years in jail. Judge doesn't have a choice. Under our forfeiture statutes, you can, the government can, take everything you own, everything from your car to your house, your bank account, not merely what they confiscate in terms of the dollars from the transaction that you just got caught engaging in. They can take everything. <laughs> they can take everything. <laughs> That's your president, people. That's your president, Joe Biden. Hope you're proud. Hope you're proud of yourselves. I hope you think that your decision-making has made this country a better place for all of us to live in. <laughs> oh, boy. Bizarro world, people. What else has been going on? Did you guys hear this story? Allegedly, the Federal Bureau of Investigation got caught uh, in, in, uh, in initiating a kidnapping plot against... Governor Whitmer of the state of Michigan, I believe. FBI attempts to do damage control after initiating Whitmer kidnapping plot. The FBI is attempting to do damage control after it was revealed. The Law Enforcement Bureau initiated and carried out a significant portion of the kidnapping plot against Democrat Governor Gretchen Whitmer last year. Partnerships are key to disrupting violent plots. With the terror threat growing more insular, awareness and reporting are crucial, the FBI posted on their website this week. This is especially true for domestic terrorism. People, oh boy, it is coming. They're creating their own demand. That's what they're doing. Hegelian dialectic. Defined as violent, here we go, uh, domestic terrorism, divine, defined as violent criminal acts committed by individuals or groups to further ideological goals stemming from domestic influences, such as those of a political, religious, social, racial, or environmental nature. Unbelievable. Because the FBI's mission includes protecting the free speech 
<laughs> and rights of Americans. <laughs> we need a clear reason to act or investigate. Oh my God. A person's beliefs can never be the sole reason to open an investigation. Of course, it's not your beliefs. It's the action that gives them the reason to uh, exercise the use of their monopoly on force. FBI Director Christopher Wray uh, is also weighing in and attempting to reassure Americans the FBI respects their rights. The FBI, the FBI holds sacred the rights of individuals to peacefully exercise their First Amendment freedoms. <laughs> the FBI's heavy involvement in the plot raises serious questions about how the agency conducts operations, for what purpose and to what extent agents were involved in the January 6th breach of the Capitol. So who knows, right? Who knows what, uh, how deep that is, how deep that's going. Uh, oh my gosh. I don't know. What else is going on, people? Uh, how about vaccine passports? Everyone said you're a conspiracy theorist, right? Oh, they're not going to have vaccine passports. Never. Oh, really? This week, after a successful trial, we have rolled out the NHS COVID pass. This allows people safely and securely to demonstrate their COVID status, whether it's proof of vaccination status, test results, or natural immunity. People will also be able to demonstrate proof of a negative test result. Although we don't encourage its use in essential settings like supermarkets, other businesses and organizations in England can adopt the pass as a means of entry where it's suitable for their venue or premises, and when they can see its potential to keep their clients or their customers safe. But for proprietors of venues and events where large numbers are likely to gather and likely to mix with people from outside their households for prolonged periods, deploying the pass is the right thing to do. The pass has an important role to play in slowing the spread of the virus, and so we reserve the right to mandate its use in the future. We reserve Next, speaker, I'd like to We reserve the right to mandate its use in the future. People <laughs> I'm not I don't know what what else I can uh, what else what more do I have to, prov to provide? I'm speechless. I'm at a loss for words. This shit is becoming so goddamn obvious. You are denying your own intellect by denying that this existence is coming. It's here. A year ago, you two years ago, you told us that oh, vaccine vaccine passports is a conspiracy theory. Oh, you fucking crazy Trump supporter. Blah 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 blah. Right? Guess what? To update the house on vaccination as a condition of entry. At the end of September, we plan to make full vaccination a condition of entry to those high-risk settings where large crowds gather and interact. As a condition of entry to these venues, people will need to show that they are fully vaccinated and proof of a negative test will no longer be sufficient. <laughs> proof of a negative test will no longer be sufficient. Do I still sound like a conspiracy theorist to you people? Do people like me who have been sounding this alarm 
even before the COVID pandemic. A lot of us have been sounding the alarm since 9-11 and the Patriot Act. Some of us even before that. If you still don't get it, people, I don't know if you're savable. And you know what? Maybe the world, you're going to start enjoying it more because maybe the world that's coming, people, is for the uneducated, unmotivated, uninterested, lemming, naive, gullible, passive, obedient workers that don't have any desire to get past and get free of the tyranny of convenience. I just recently posted on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast Facebook page this picture that's uh, you know a clip from different uh, social media companies and you know Amazon, I think Netflix. And it says the convenience that you requested is now mandatory. <laughs> People, it's a brave new Orwellian surveillance police state will Nietzschean will to power totalitarian dictatorship new world order world government where an intellectual elite and world bankers are running the show. They rolled out their Trojan horse right underneath, right underneath your noses, rolled it right into your living room, opened it up, and it has now chained you to your home, to your TV. They don't want you organizing. They don't want you associating. They don't want you being social. They don't want you having conversations, putting it together, following the breadcrumbs. They want to throw you off the scent. They tried to do it with QAnon. They tried to do it with, um, you know, everything's going back to normal. Oh, wait, hold on, Delta variant. They're, they're going to keep coming up with reasons to lock us down, to keep us in our homes, to keep us away from each other, to keep us groveling at the feet of our benevolent overlords, groveling for our freedom, groveling for a handout, a paycheck, because they've successfully destroyed entrepreneurship. They've successfully destroyed the ability for the lower and middle classes to rise up and realize the American dream. We're going to a uh, we're going to a country and a world of the haves and the have-nots. We're going to a world where it's the proletariat, the proles, if you will, and the elite. The bourgeoisie, right? Oligarchic collectivism. World socialist dictatorship. Oh boy. It's getting a little bizarre out there, my fellow Americans, don't you think? People, this next clip... (laughs) Uh, this is what I call a Dr. Anthony Fauci 
hypocrite mashup. <laughs> I just saw this video and I don't know who made it, but thank you for making it. People, without further ado, talk about living in bizarro world. Talk about validation. Here's a video of flip-flopping Fauci. <laughs> Moving the goalposts, keeping you confused so they can keep the perpetual perpetuation of this bullshit myth alive and well. And I'm not saying COVID ain't real. I'm not saying the Delta variant isn't real. I know that this virus is wreaking havoc on people by design. I get it. I know it. But the reaction to the problem, people, Hegelian dialectic, if you control both sides of a conflict, you can control the outcome. And people, the government overreach, taking your freedoms reaction to the problem, sometimes is even more damaging than the problem itself. Take a listen to your boy. Flip-flopping Fauci, here we go. People should not be walking around with masks. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And masks are protective. And we but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course. You do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, you've been vaccinated. Good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. If, in fact, you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you are protected, and you do not need to wear a mask outdoors or indoors. When the children go out into the community, you want them to continue to wear masks. You know, if you look at, at, at children outside, particularly when they're with the family, uh, walking down the street, playing a game or what have you, don't have to wear a mask. The, 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 the pediatric, the Academy of Pediatric, actually makes that recommendation that children should be wearing masks uh, from two years old onward. And you're asking now if your child is a member of your household, can you walk outdoors with your child without a mask? According to that chart, the answer is yes. But the child can't, not to beat it, yeah. beat it to death. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because okay. now okay. the CDC says, I mean, I think I've got this right. One mask is better than zero masks. Two masks is better than one mask. But you don't have to have double masks. Is, is I, that right? I mean, <laughs> you know, it became clear that cloth coverings that you didn't have to buy in a store that you could make yourself were adequate. And then you want it to fit better. So one of the ways you could do it, if you would like to, is put a cloth mask over, which actually here and here and here where you could get leakage in is much better contained. Are you a double masker, Dr. Fauci? Look <laughs> like you are. <laughs> People, if you believe Anthony Fauci, you are an imbecile, nitwit, dipshit, moron, naive, gullible, idiot, lemming, who refuses to face the reality. People. Rewind this podcast. Listen to it again. Did you get it? Someone clipped Fauci's own words from multiple speeches throughout the course of this pandemic. And 
First he says one thing, then he says the exact opposite. Then he says another thing, and then he says the exact opposite. They're moving the goalposts on purpose. Anthony Fauci, I've said it in a previous podcast, is very good at what he does. People, this entire bullshit charade is all by design. There is a concerted effort by the globalist, internationalist, big club, whose tentacles connect into every government and every industry around this world. Carol Quigley told you about it in the book Tragedy and Hope. People, it is a bizarro world. It is a crazy, insane society that we are living in. Let's move on. Speaking of uh, our benevolent leader of the NIH, Anthony Fauci, uh, I've been, you know, I've been talking about it, and I'm sure you've been seeing it everywhere that you know Senator Rand Paul is going after him for clearly funding gain of function research, yada yada yada. You've been hearing it a lot. Well, now. Rand Paul is starting to turn up, turn up the volume a little bit. Here's a clip of him reminding Mr. Anthony Fauci that, hey man, lying to us is criminal. You can face criminal charges. And I just played you the flip-flop video, so there's a lot of fodder out there that can be held, and, and you know, he, Fauci can be held accountable. He, this stuff can be used against him in a court of law. If that's what it comes to. And I don't know if the big club's going to protect him. Uh, I think Jim Jordan actually had a good case. Senator Kennedy made a good case. And Rand Paul hits it out of the park with this. So here we go, people. Rand Paul talking to Fauci. And it gets a little heated. I'm telling you people, keep an eye on this story. Things are not as they seem, my fellow Americans. There may be some sort of conspiracy going on. Here we go. Dr. Fauci, as you are aware, it is a crime to lie to Congress. Section 1001 of the U.S. Criminal Code creates a felony and a five-year penalty for lying to Congress. On your last trip to our committee on May 11th, you stated that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And yet, gain-of-function research was done entirely in the Wuhan Institute by Dr. Xi and was funded by the NIH. I'd like to ask unanimous consent to insert into the record the Wuhan virology paper entitled Discovery of a Rich Gene Pool of Bat SARS-Related Coronaviruses. Please deliver a copy of the journal article to Dr. Fauci. In this paper, Dr. Xi credits the NIH and lists the actual number of the grant that she was given by the NIH. In this paper, she took two bat coronavirus genes, spike genes, and combined them with a SARS-related backbone to create new viruses 
that are not found in nature. These lab-created viruses were then to shown to replicate in humans. These experiments combine genetic information from different coronaviruses that infect animals, but not humans, to create novel artificial viruses able to infect human cells. Viruses that in nature only infect animals were manipulated in the Wuhan lab to gain the function of infecting humans. This research fits the definition of the research that the NIH said was subject to the pause in 2014 to 2017, a pause in funding on gain of function. But the NIH failed to recognize this, defines it away, and it never came under any scrutiny. Dr. Richard E. Bright, a molecular biologist from Rutgers, described this research in Wuhan as, the Wuhan lab used NIH funding to construct novel chimeric SARS-related coronaviruses able to infect human cells and laboratory animals. This is high-risk research that creates new potential pandemic pathogens, potential pandemic pathogens that exist only in the lab, not in nature. This research matches, these are Dr. Ebright's words, this research matches, indeed epitomizes, the definition of gain-of-function research done entirely in Wuhan, for which there was supposed to be a federal pause. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? So if you haven't seen it, that's how Rand Paul sets up uh, this exchange that ends up happening between him and Fauci. And Fauci gets upset. He's like, Senator, I want to go on record and say that you don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. He defends himself quite poorly. The evidence is overwhelming and he knows he can't walk it back or refute it. He's a known liar. He has lied repeatedly on national television, on all of your mainstream media news channels. He is a puppet for the big club. And that's all there is to it. And if you think that this guy is to be trusted and believed, if you think Tedros with the World Health Organization and Bill Gates and all these vaccine manufacturers, if you think that they have your best interests in mind, people... I'm pretty sure that the Darwin Award goes to you. <laughs> Survival of the fittest. You better adapt. You better overcome. You better start getting into politics before politics starts getting into you. People, slow usurpations over time. Slowly but surely, step by step, piece by piece, world government is coming to a town near you very, very soon. You know what else is coming to a town near you very, very soon? Gun confiscation. <laughs> I mean, I don't know for sure, but... Uh, Remember in a few, uh, in the Tough Choices podcast, I played you a clip of uh, Senator Kennedy grilling uh, David Chipman, nominee for ATF director, who I said is a puppet stooge for the big club. He's the guy, he's the Fauci 
of the gun control uh, situation in the Biden administration. And he was recently pretty much making fun of new gun owners in this clip I'm about to play for you, acting like they're nut job conspiracy theorists who are getting ready to live off of the land and, you know, they're afraid of the zombie apocalypse. And this is the guy that they want to be the director of the ATF. People, if you're not scared, <laughs> you're clearly not paying attention. Take a listen to your boy, David Chipman. And so in their mind, uh, they might be confident. They might think that they're diehard, ready to go. But unfortunately, they're more like Tiger King. And uh, they're putting themselves and their families in danger. And so what I would suggest is for those people who were first-time gun owners, if they did go out and buy a gun, um, I would secure that gun locked and unloaded and hide it behind the cans of tuna and beef jerky that you've stored in a cabinet. And, um, you know, only bring that out if the zombies start to appear. Um, and I don't think they are. What a holier-than-thou, condescending, sniveling, little twerpy motherfucker this guy is, man. Absolutely no understanding of the Constitution of the United States of America. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss for words, people. I don't get it. I don't understand how you people cannot see what's coming. And it's bizarro world. Speaking of bizarro world, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I mean, Bill Maher had Dan Carlin on his show recently. They're talking about tech monopolies. Dan Carlin's got a podcast called Hardcore History. Highly recommend it. I really liked uh, his uh, Wrath of Khan series on, uh, I think it was Genghis Khan, the Mongols. Um, but like I said, <laughs> I feel like I'm living in a parallel universe. Up is down, left is right, two plus two equals five. Here's Bill Maher, Democrat, lefty, Bill Maher, uh, exhibiting more evidence, in my humble opinion, that this guy's waking up and seeing the light. He's coming to the center. He's coming to knowledge. He's coming into pragmatism. He is seeing past his biases. He is understanding how the systems of control operate, and I can't get enough of it. Here we go. Facebook banned any post for four months about COVID coming from a lab. Of course, now even the Biden administration is looking into this. Right. Google, a Wall Street Journal reporter asked the head of Google's health division, notice that they don't do, do autofill searches for coronavirus lab leak the way they do it for any other question. And the guy said, well, we want to make sure they're the search isn't leading people down pathways that we would find to be not authoritative information. Well, you were wrong. Google and Facebook. Right. We don't know. The reason why we want you is because we're checking on this shit. He said, we want to ensure the first thing users see is information from the CDC, the WHO. That's who I'm checking on. 
The WHO's been very corrupt about a lot of shit, and the CDC's been wrong about a lot of shit. This is outrageous that I can't look this information up, and now they're doing it with this drug, Ivermectin. They threw Brett Weinstein off YouTube, or almost. He's one strike away. YouTube should not be telling me what I can see about Ivermectin. Ivermectin isn't a registered Republican. It's a drug. I don't know if it works or not, and a lot of other doctors don't either. This dovetails into the monopoly thing, though. If you didn't have such control over, 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 I mean, searches, for example, this wouldn't be as much of an issue because if you didn't go to Google, you could go somewhere else. And you can go somewhere else. But when you have a market, what, what is it, 90% Google controls the searches? Yeah, I mean, at that point, this is a function of the monopoly. When it becomes the word for doing it, you have a monopoly. Right. Yes. You know. Yeah, and it's like People if you People don't say, I'm going to bing something. No. <laughs> It's like if you only had one newspaper, right? right. I mean, and then that newspaper has all sorts of responsibilities if they're the, the law of the land or the, or the official word. So, yeah, it's a function of the monopoly. All right. It's a function of monopoly. Sounds like the tech giants, the tech companies, feel like they're above the law. Remember when Ted Cruz was telling you any any question, their their general answer is go jump in a lake and... You know, we'll pay for any uh, externalities that uh, we may have caused because we're making so much money we don't give a shit. (laughs) Oh, man. I tell you what, people. If we don't put government officials in office that are going to keep, you know, capitalism, uncontrolled crony capitalism and collusion and conspiracy... In check, if, if we don't have people that are going to enforce the laws, enforce antitrust laws, hold companies accountable. And, you know, those companies, maybe sometimes they should go under. And maybe all the people that work for them, sad as it is, need to go uh, out into the job market and find something else to do. Because, you know, it's tough not having a job and it's tough getting laid off. I've been there. I know exactly what it feels like. In fact, I've been there more than once. And I'm sure most of you that have ever had a job or, or have been in you know, the working world for any length of time, I'm sure you've probably seen it or experienced it yourself. It's not easy. But hey, you know, I used to work for you know, in for-profit education. I don't think for-profit education should exist. But they gave me a paycheck for a period of time. And I had to make the decision. You know what? I can work anywhere. I can make money anywhere. Why am I going to work for a company that is a soul-sucking, you know, purely fraudulent <laughs> degree mill where they just take the title for funding right out of right off that government nipple? And put all these people that have no business going to school into thousands of dollars of debt. Only only to go out and try to get a job after they graduate in a job market that is slowly disappearing. If it, you know, either through automation the jobs are going away or through, um, you know, government control of, you know, client politics, etc., you know, uh, bureaucratic agencies completely controlling what 
an industry can do and how they can operate. Slowly but surely, this world's going to get crazier and crazier. And each and every one of you are going to start feeling, if you haven't already, probably, that you are also living in bizarro world. <laughs> Wee! I feel like I'm going to spin my you know little wheel on my hat and do backflips and put on clown makeup and... I'm, I'm, I'm losing my semblance of sanity, people. I don't know how this happened. How did we go from seemingly normal to... Our, I already feel like we live in a different country. I already feel like I'm living in a completely different existence. And maybe part of that's just because I'm getting older. And, you know, I, yes, the pandemic destroyed a lot of our ability to be social creatures and get together and interact with one another. But... People are getting suicidal. People are losing hope. People are losing faith. A lot of people, their pride and their dignity has been destroyed by government overreach. And, and you know, the more the plans fail, the more the planners plan. The despair and hopelessness are rampant in the streets. People are getting gunned down over the most ridiculous nonsense Clearly, human life is not worth shit to a lot of these people. I mean, it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If people can't even get by, and 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 our system leaves them no choice but to to be, become hunter gatherers again, essentially, to kill and to steal, and to rob, and to assault, just in order to get their basic needs met. And, I, you know, maybe maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe that's not the reason why. Maybe people feel wronged and maybe the propaganda is working and they feel like, you know, they're experiencing more uh, discrimination and racism now than African Americans and people of color experienced in the 1960s. <laughs> but, you know, those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. I'm pretty sure Voltaire said that. You guys should think about that. If a group of people or a single person or some type of entity in the world can successfully make you believe absurdities, they can also make you commit atrocities to yourselves and to one another. The divide and conquer agenda is working. Cancel culture, identity politics, critical race theory, communist subversion. It's working. Their efforts are successful. And I don't know. Maybe this Leviathan has grown so big now that it's already too late. Maybe Thomas Hobbes and Socrates were right. Maybe we do need an intellectual elite. Maybe democracy's just not going to pan out. Maybe it's an idealistic dream. 
Karl Marx said capitalism is just a stepping stone on the way to socialism, right? Maybe you people want to be controlled. Maybe you people want to be dominated, manipulated, led astray. Maybe you people don't believe in freedom. I think Milton Friedman once said that any argument against freedom is rooted in a lack of belief in freedom itself. Maybe, maybe human beings, maybe it is our nature in our nature to destroy ourselves. Maybe it's a pipe dream to think that this experiment in self-government and religious freedom could possibly work. Maybe preferring disgrace to danger really does mean that we are prepared for a master and deserve one. I don't know, people. All I really know is that things are not always as they seem. Especially when you're watching the mainstream media and that's the only place that you look for information. Um, here, I'm going to play a clip. This is crazy. Take a listen to this. This is crazy-ass Alex Jones uh, making sense. For uh, one of the few times he makes sense. I mean, he. I mean, like I said, I've said before, he's got a lot of stuff right, but he's a little nuts. He's a little too nut job for me. It doesn't always seem like he has the best of intentions. But take a listen to Alex Jones getting it right, May seventeenth, two thousand eighteen. He predicted. A global pandemic was coming soon. Take a listen to this. Globalists have said in their white papers, in their own UN documents, that they want to create race-specific bioweapons and other systems to depopulate the planet. A lot of this, from my sources, is that they're preparing to release bioweapons, claim that they're naturally uh, occurring, and then use that as the cover for civil emergency, societal control, crackdowns on free speech. Obama put the internet kill switch in five years ago, and when he got confronted by it by Congress, he said, well, it's in case the bird flu or SARS gets out. Just type that in. CDC says internet kill switch is in case bird flu or SARS breaks out, and they have to control panic and direct every website in the U.S. to one government announcement. And we looked at every angle and believe a bioweapon release could be the thing they'd release to bring in a world government to counter a global problem, and the U.N. has said that a global pandemic is the only thing that may save their world government. I mean, people. Obelists have said in their... People. People. <laughs> what do you think? A friend of mine called me at the beginning of the pandemic and asked me my thoughts. And I said, I don't know. But I said, if I had to guess, this might be a bioweapon that was created in a Chinese lab that was funded by 
maybe some Americans, maybe some people from other countries, who knows, definitely a few rich Americans though. I said, I don't know, we'll see. I didn't want to jump to conclusions. I wanted to reserve judgment. I wanted to wait and see. But from the looks of it, so far, it seemed to me at the time that this is what was going to be going on. And fast forward, here we are, 2021. You think Alex Jones was right, people? That clip I just played for you, he uh, ran that on his show in May of 2018. So say what you will about Alex Jones. Like I've said it before, we're all idiot savants. There's things that we are all really stupid about, and there are things that we are just absolutely brilliant on. People, it is a bizarro world. It is a crazy world we are living in. So, I'm going to change directions here. Uh, so, remember in a previous podcast, I was talking about uh, you know Bill Gates' vaccines in India and how they did a bunch of damage to the Indian girls. Right. And then uh, during this pandemic, India got hit really bad with COVID. And who knows, um, you know, how much vaccines from the Gates Foundation or from the who or from whatever entity were involved. But I just saw this. Uh, this was a news article from The Bite, B-Y-T-E. Uh, to fight overpopulation, India may pay people to get sterilized. <laughs> every time there is a population, every time there is population control, it has led to violence against women's bodies. And this article speaks directly to that clip I played for you from that documentary in the There's Something About Billy episode. Uh... They're thinking about implementing a two-child policy in India. They're, they're looking to follow in the footsteps of China because India and China are two of the most populated countries on the planet. People, if you don't think that population control is at the heart, the root of all of this Agenda 21, COVID-19, big government, world government rollout, consolidation of power and control in the hands of a very, very select few people I like to refer to as the big club, <laughs> right? Uh, so listen to this. Newly proposed policies uh, in India to limit and combat overpopulation uh, include cash incentives for parents who only have one child as well as free health care and education. <laughs> So not only are we going to limit how many children you can have, we're going to educate them and indoctrinate them in our free public government-run and controlled uh, health care and education services. <laughs> New punishments for larger families would include bans from running for office, working for the government, 
or government-provided benefits, reports Vice News. <laughs> People, it's getting nutty, bizarro, world, crazy, idiot. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how you people can't listen to my podcast and just be like, dude. In And in a particularly eyebrow-raising twist, people in the state would also be able to volunteer themselves to be sterilized by the government. Is that not bizarre world to you? Voluntarily sterilizing yourself, people? In exchange for tax rebates, higher government salaries, and homeowner subsidies. A move that critics say will end up being coercive. Coercive for many of the area's most vulnerable residents. (sighs) Boy. Population control measures can lead to a spike in sex-selective practices and unsafe abortions given the strong sun preference in India, as it has been witnessed in a few states in the past. You think you got a bat in the United States of America? Ladies, in particular? Boy, you ain't seen nothing. You ain't seen shit. Can we agree? My politics and punk rock podcast fans and listeners. We're on episode 51. Can we agree that there is definitely a concerted effort by powerful forces in this world to control the populations? The gullible, naive, belligerent masses. If you deny it still, you're walking through life with blinders on, having tunnel vision. This is the world that you live in, in the 21st century, people. I would call it an insane society that will soon be led by a world government that does not give a fuck about you. Bill Hicks, George Carlin, etc. Many, 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 many people throughout history have been trying to tell you I'm going to read you a clip from a gentleman named Henry Bergson. And I'll tell you about who Henry Bergson is after I read this. Okay? Quote, Men do not sufficiently realize that their future is in their own hands. Theirs is the task of determining first of all whether they want to go on living or not. Theirs is the responsibility, then, for deciding if they want merely to live or intend to make just the extra effort required for fulfilling, fulfilling, even in this refractory planet, the essential function of the universe, 
which is a machine for the making of gods. Unquote. That's another way of saying people that God and the divine is within all of us. You are alchemists. So make something of it. Remember that from a previous podcast? Maybe these esoteric philosophies aren't completely evil people. Maybe preaching self-development and being better than average isn't so bad. Maybe that's the kind of stuff you and I should be focusing on in the 21st century. Perhaps. Maybe. Right? So, Henry Bergson was a French philosopher who was influential in the tradition of continental philosophy, especially during the first half of the 21st, I'm sorry, of the 20th century until the Second World War. Bergson is known for his arguments that processes of immediate experience and intuition are more significant than abstract rationalism and science for understanding reality. Hmm. <clears throat> he believed that immediate experience and intuition are more significant than abstract rationalism and science. So you may call him an empiricist. He believes that the only reality, the only reality that can and truth, the only reality and absolute truth that can be discovered by a human is discovered through their five senses and their sensory experience and their you know Locke talked about the bl blank slate so you know you refer to everything you've ever experienced in your life when you are trying to process the world right uh Henry Bergson was awarded the 1927 Nobel Prize in Literature in recognition of his rich and vitalizing ideas and the brilliant skill with which they have been presented in 1930, France awarded him its highest honor, the Grand Croix de la Légion d'Honneur. Bergson's great popularity created a tr controversy in France where his views were seen as opposing the secular and scientific attitudes adopted by the Republic's officials. So there you go. That's a little bit about Henry Bergson. I like that quote a lot. And, you know, I hope we're learning, people. I hope I'm not boring you guys to death. I hope I'm not getting too redundant. I know that I've said it before. I'm going to keep bringing example after example after example of, you know, facts and evidence, quote unquote, uh, you know, things that people have been quoted as saying, uh, stories people have told things that people have experienced that they live to tell about uh oral traditions passed down through the generations information that's been kept secret only given to a select few initiated minds people this is the world you live in everything i've been talking about is how i through my experiences and research 
and curiosity and study throughout the years. No, this is how I process reality. And like I said before, I, I hope I've been somewhat of an inner monologue for a lot of you. Hopefully I have been saying things on my podcast that you've thought about because you also are a rational person that when looking at the things that are happening in the world that you live in, it, it you know, paralyzes you. And then you start to reflect on things and you start coming to similar conclusions that I'm coming to. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. I hope that there are more of us out there. And I hope that we figure this out because I'm telling you, in the, in the over the course of two generations, the world that we live in now is alien and so foreign to what you know the world that your grandparents and your great grandparents lived in, and even but from my generation to the the high school aged kids of today. The world has changed so much even in, in my lifetime. And it's only going to get quicker. It's only going to change faster. And if you're not able to process information quickly enough, I've been over this before, you're going to be left behind. you got to start getting these ideas and concepts in your head. And I really hope you do. People, this has been... Episode 51 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast entitled Bizarro World. And you know, I just can't help but ask myself when I think about this stuff and I talk about this stuff and I try to interpret the world that I'm living in, in some type of reasonable, logical, rational way. Sometimes I wonder, does anybody notice this? Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills! <laughs> Will Ferrell, I also feel like I'm taking crazy pills. It is a crazy, bizarro world we are living in. Thank you guys for listening. I love you very, very much. I hope that you can find the capacity to love your neighbor as yourself. I hope you can find it in your heart of hearts to be courageous, to be open-minded, to listen to new, provocative, controversial Difficult to hear perspectives. I urge you to participate in your community and in your country and in the world that you live in. I urge you to be the change you want to see in the world. I urge you to take responsibility for your actions. For you, for me, for all of us. Thank you for listening. Good night. Let's try to stay sane out there. And I'll see you next time.